Welcome to the Addison Free Will Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Here you can find sermons from our Sunday and Wednesday night services. You can find more information about the ministry of Addison FWB Church on our website, addisonfwbchurch.org. Tonight's sermon kicks off our 2024 revival. Preaching from Mark chapter 3, join us for tonight's message by Pastor Christian Scott. Are you glad this evening that he sought you? (laughs) And he bought you with his redeeming blood. We just came out of Christmas, and I'm just reminded as I considered the words in that song, we just came out of Christmas. Many of you all were in the stores, and you were looking, looking for that perfect gift for somebody. You were looking. You looked hard, you went from store to store and place to place. And then when you finally found it, you opened up your purse, opened up your wallet, and you paid for that gift. Hello, somebody. Jesus came looking for you. Amen. I'm a witness. He came looking for me. The Bible says in Psalms 23, 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow after me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I praise God. I praise God and and I thank God this evening that not only did he come seeking for me, but then he paid for me. Amen. Amen. He paid for my sins. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, choir. Thank you, um, musicians this evening. And thank you for all who have come on this Wednesday evening for revival. I have felt the spirit and I feel the spirit of the Lord in this place. Now I pray if you will pray for me for just a little while, there is a word from the Lord this evening. Thank to Pastor Smith for inviting me and all of the members here at Addison Free Will Baptist Church. God bless you. I wanna say real fast because if I don't say it, she'll let me know about it afterwards. Happy birthday this evening to Miss Dinah Scott, amen. She's, she's the, the right old age of, of a good age, amen, amen. Uh, she said at 80, amen. You're also Pastor Smith's birthday today as well, praise the Lord, amen. God bless you, brother. God is a good God. There's a word from the Lord. It is found in one of my favorite chapters of the gospel according to Mark. If you will turn there this evening, Mark the third chapter. If you don't mind, stand for the reading of the word of God. Mark the third chapter beginning at verse one. And it reads, Again, he entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they watched him to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Stand forth, or come here. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good, or to do harm, to save life, or to kill but they were silent and he looked around at them with anger and grieved at the hardness 
of heart and said to the man, stretch forth your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him how they might kill him or destroy him. And we know God's word is already blessed. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you tonight. We love you. We give you glory and honor one more time in this place. Bless now this, your word that you have given me. Lord, I know that I am just a vessel, but God, your word is perfect. Help it to find a lodging place in the hearts of all who are here. In the matchless name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. As you take your seat, be reminded that there can't be a church without people. Amen. Amen. There cannot be a church without the people. And so we have people in the church. Mark presents uh, this particular story and he presents this book as one that shows Jesus Christ as servant. Jesus Christ as the Son of Man. The Bible says in John the first chapter in verse 14 that Jesus came robed in flesh and he dwelt among us and we beheld him and we beheld his glory that as of the only begotten of the Father. Jesus dwelt among men. So he had to touch men, he had to see men, he was around people, he interacted with them. He did what the church should be doing. Amen. He, he went to the people. He, in fact, I say it this way, down our way, I say it, he went to the low down, to the left outs. He went to the losers, amen. He, he went to the lame and the lost and those who did not have a chance. He went to them. So it just so happens, no, it's just I believe that the Lord, every person he met in the Bible, every person that you see him meet in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he had a divine destination with them. And it just so happens that this happened when he went to church. That's not the sermon tonight, but I want to remind you, good things happen when you come to church. <laughs> Amen. I know it's synagogue in the Bible, but just we're working with Christian commentary tonight. Amen. <clears throat> Y'all have sat, you've had loved ones, little ones, and, and I said this uh, a week or so ago at our church. The old nursery rhyme that says, see the church, see the steeple open the door and see all the people. And then I didn't know there was a second part to it. That's the only part I knew, but it, it then says, close the doors, hear them pray, or hear them pray, open the doors and see them go away. Amen. As you look at this text, you will see in this text that there are various groups of people in the church. 
When I first read this text years ago, I was amazed and I underlined in my Bible that I had, I underlined that as I noticed there were different groups of people in the church. Now, in order to understand these groups of people, we must look at the background of the text. You never just pull a verse or two out and just look at that. You want to look at what's happening around the verse. So if you back up a little bit, you'll notice that Jesus and his disciples are walking through the cornfields. And his disciples pick or pluck some corn and begin to eat it. The Pharisees, who always were hounding Jesus, they were looking at him, they were watching him, if you will. They were always trying to catch him up or trip him up. And they said, is it lawful for you to do that? Because they had a law about everything. Now, we must be careful and understand that sometimes when we look at the Pharisees, we can turn our noses down at them and say, boy, they were horrible characters in the Bible. But sometimes if we're not careful, our churches can come become pharisaical in makeup. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't look this way. Don't wear this. Don't go there. Don't say this. Don't, don't look this way. Don't sit over there. Sit over here. We can come up with all kinds of things. Jesus, who is shown as Son of man, in the prior verses, he contends with the Pharisees based on what happens and what should happen and what shouldn't happen on the Sabbath. I had a lady walk down past me one day. It was on a Sunday morning, and I had come out, and I just grabbed the broom just briefly just to sweep off some things, and it was just a couple brushes. She happened to walk by and said, she said it this way, you're not supposed to be doing that on Sunday. You're not supposed to do that on this day. And I thought to myself, well, I guess I just messed up because that's what I did. You know, I don't know if that'll stop me from serving the Lord when I get a block up the street, but I went up there and had church anyway. Praise the name of the Lord. Mark here, though, we have to realize is he is writing to the Gentile readers. He's not writing to the Jews. He's writing to the Gentile readers, those who were outside of Judaism. And so get this, the gospel emphasizes here of Mark more of what Jesus did rather than what he said. We can learn something from that. Our relationship with the Lord is more than just what we say. It's how we live when we leave these four walls. It's how we live when the hymn book is closed. It's how we live when the piano stops playing and when the preacher stops preaching. Amen. In this text, we see Jesus goes to church. He's in the synagogue and he speaks out. He speaks out and he stands up for this man with the withered hand. He, even when he was done, the Bible says he withdrew himself because there was conflict coming. He just slipped right on out. Uh, that's not in the sermon tonight either, but sometimes we need to learn when to walk away. <laughs> Amen, somebody. I, that's, for some, that's for free tonight. So in this previous verses, we see that they were eating on the Sabbath, and then they come and show up in the synagogue, and here is the problem. You got people watching to see what Jesus will do. They followed. Maybe, I don't know, they maybe even set the man there on purpose to see what would happen. Now, I love this because it says something in one of the other accounts. One is found in Matthew and one is found in Luke. It says Jesus knew their thoughts. We could preach that tonight too. He knows what you're thinking right now. 
He knows what you're thinking right now. He knows what we thought yesterday. How many of you in here know, just be honest and transparent tonight, you can't hide anything from the Lord. You can't hide from God. He knows, come on, Pancreas, he knows your hearts. That was a sermon this last Sunday. The Lord knows your heart. Uh, Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. Amen. So he knows what we are thinking. He knows us tonight. That's why we must pray to create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit in me. So look at verse 1. This man has a withered hand. What does that mean? He, he was halt. He was crippled in his body. He, he had a deformity. He, he, he could not use that hand like you or I. One account says it was his right hand. So if he was right-handed, then he could not use his right hand. It could have been a domino effect with the fact that since he was deformed, he couldn't work. And since he couldn't work, he couldn't make money. And since he couldn't make money, he couldn't support his family. And since he couldn't support his family, things were not right in his home. And since things were not right in his home, other things fell apart. I don't know if that's the case, but he had a deformity. It could have happened from a, a birth defect or a disease or some sort of, of issue, but whatever it was, the man, get this, is in, come on, Pank Creek, is in the right place at the right time. Ah, you're in the right place at the right time. Good things happen when you come to church. So get this, the Pharisees are there. The man with the withered hand is there. And then sure enough, the most important one, Jesus is there. Can I tell you, don't try, you already know, but don't try to have a revival without Jesus. Jesus at the center of it all. Amen. So verse 2, look at your text, says the Pharisees watched him. They watched to see what he would do. They, they watched to see how he would react. Can I call him this? The religious police of that day rolled up to see what was happening. They wanted to police the house of God, and little did they know they were trying to, put, to police the Son of God. And watchers who enforce the rules and the do's and the don'ts and quick to point out your faults. Notice this in verse 3. So the man, I don't know, he might have been in the back, if you will, of the church. I don't know, but Jesus says to him, come here. I don't know about you, but when I was younger and it was time to do things up front, it looked like that aisle was a mile long. Maybe somebody else has a testimony. The day I gave my heart to the Lord, it looked like it wasn't that long at all. But either way, when you have to come in front of people, that can be a little bit unnerving, especially if you have a deformity. Stand forth. Can you imagine that? Stretch out your hand. I, I was reading it was a custom that pop, prop, probably sometimes they would hide it in their cloak so that men and others could not see them. That idea of stretching it out is the same concept of when someone casts an anchor out to hold them in place. Uh, you missed it, amen. 
when someone casts an anchor out to hold them in place, what Jesus is saying, stretch out your hand. Trust me. Stretch out your hand. Come down here and stretch it out before me, and I will hold you down. Wow. Keep in mind, people are looking. Y'all know how people are. I don't want to go up front because somebody will see me. I don't want to come out front because somebody will look at me. Somebody will laugh at me. Jesus said, come down, stretch out your hand. You who have tried to be incognito. Boy, that reminds me there are a lot of folks in the Bible like that. Amen. The woman who had the issue of blood, she was creeping along through the crowd trying to just touch Jesus. The woman at the well, she came at the hottest part of the day. Why? She was trying to avoid folks. She didn't want anybody to see her. She came because she had made some folks mad. But how many of you know the Lord knows right where you are? Exactly where you are. And even though you, come on, y'all, you may try to hide. He knows where you are. He knows what pew you're on. Even though you roll up in here with some deformities, God knows exactly what you need, where you are, what you're carrying. Look at it, verse 4. Christ presents the argument to these big wigs, if you will. He says, help this man. And in order to do that, would I be doing evil? The Pharisees are trying to say that, that Christ is breaking the law by trying to help somebody. Amen. He, he, he's not breaking the law. He's doing the right thing. In another account, it says, if the man's sheep fell into the ditch, would it not be best to help that sheep out of the ditch? And then he says, is not this man greater or more important than the sheep that fell in the ditch? Jesus, they, they didn't have anything to say. You know, the Lord has a funny way of shutting you up. Hello, somebody. Bible, y'all see it in the text, don't you? It, it says that they were silent. And then look at verse 5. It says, and he looked around at them disappointed, angered at the religious elite's attitude towards people who could not help themselves. Praise God. I'm so glad that Jesus, and he models it for us, he gets it right. We are to help folks that cannot help themselves. I don't know about you, but it might be a prayer just for somebody. You never know just how praying in that aisle for somebody right there on the spot in Walmart might be the very thing they need. Well, now Walmart's not a place to pray. Who said so? It might be meeting somebody on the street when you know you got an appointment to get to, but they are right there standing, and they, they said, will you pray for me? You take the time out to help them because they can't help themselves. The Pharisees had hardness of heart. That, that word literally means to be calloused. That, that word means they were obtuse. They were sitting wicked or, or not straight. They weren't plumb with Jesus. Amen. They were, they were numb to the truth. They, you could say it this way. They were dead and petrified. Nothing that was said was penetrating their hearts. Y'all know this, right? That sometimes you can sit in church long enough and the Word of God can just start bouncing off because you have gotten in your mind and your head 
what you think is right rather than what the Word of God says. And you can be in church and petrified. A petrified praiser. Well, a dead person sitting there because you have not heard the Word of God and has not found a lodging place in your heart. Now, let me come on down and finish this out. Watch this. There is always an application for this truth. And this is what the Lord began to show me. He said, Christian, the people in church, the people in church, some of them come in withered. Yeah, some of them, and I don't necessarily mean a physical withering. Yeah, you can come in with, with uh, all sorts of sicknesses and ailments and things like that. But I'm talking about on the spiritual end. They come in damaged and hurt and halt. They have become no use to society, no use to themselves. They are at, at war with God and at war with themselves. And they're in need of a cleaning. Some people come to church and they are in a withered condition. They, are, have, they have ailments and predicaments and situations and problems and plights. And the best place for them to be is in the house of God. I'm glad the text does not say that they put this man out. Because sometimes that did happen. But he happened to be there. Now, church, get this. We must take a special note of these withered people because they represent humanity. But watch this. Those of you who are saved and you know you've been delivered, get this. They also represent what you used to be. Amen. They are who we have been. Some of them may be who we are now. Some of them could be, uh, when we look at this, could be who we may become if we don't hear the word of the Lord and take it to heart. This man with the withered hand, he did find his way, thank God, to church. And like so many others who are listed, he was in the right place at the right time. Jesus sought him out, told him to come forward and stretch out his hand. Now this is where this application came, became personal. I have been like the man with the withered hand. Hallelujah. I would go to church, but there were things that I was carrying in my life I didn't want anybody else to know. But then they sang a song, amen. And then somebody testified, and, and then the preacher preached. Praise God. And the Lord began to shine the light on me and on what I had been in and on what I was doing. I'm talking about being in church but not being in the Lord fully like you should be. Sometimes we carry things in and we're not where we need to be in, in the Lord. There's folks in church that are withered. And then we got folks in church that are watchers. <laughs> wow. They 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 the rule keepers. Don't get mad at me. I know don't I hope you ask me back. Amen. Watch this. They 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 make folks toe the line. Mm, they 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 say do as I say but not as I do. Now I know that's not here. I know that's not at Paint Creek. I, but I know there's some church somewhere that we got some watchers. They sit like this and they watch and they 
watch the clock. They watch you. They, they watch all sorts of things. How many of you know what the Word of God says? It said, don't you look at man. You put your faith in the Lord. You, you keep your eyes on Jesus. You can be so busy watching everybody else, you miss a blessing. You can be so busy watching everybody else worship you, Mr. Blessing, I'm glad the Lord taught me that lesson a long time ago. Christian is more than just playing the piano, is more than just entertaining, is more than doing this. You got to worship me right where you are. And you can't worry about what everybody else is doing. You've got to get yours. I've been good to you. So I gave you this gift. I gave you this talent that you might worship me in front of others and lead them in worship. I can't tell you to worship if I'm not doing it myself. You see, the modern-day Pharisees today, they are quick to point out everybody's wrongs. They're quick to point out everybody's wrongs, but they don't see the wrongs in themselves. I mean, they're watching everything. They watch you. They watch your house. They watch your dog. They watch your clock. They watch your car. They know what time it leaves, what time it comes back. They're just watching. They're just watching, watching everything, and here it is. Notice this. When Jesus sees these watchers, he sees these Pharisees, he knows their main thing is that you obey the law. Time out. Pump your brakes. Watch this. Notice this. Jesus made Moses. Moses is the one that gave the law. Jesus says, I have come to fulfill the law, not to do away with it. And little did they know as they were sitting there complaining about Jesus that he was going to carry out what Moses had started at his instituting. They just watched. The Son of Man was right in front of them, and they missed him. Hey, man, the Savior was right in front of him, and they missed him because they were busy watching. What is the application, preacher? We can get so caught up in extraneous things and mundane things and worldly things, even inside of the church, that we miss Jesus. We miss what he's doing. We miss what he wants to do in our lives. We miss what he's doing in somebody else's life. How many of you know sometimes when you see somebody else get blessed, you need to be happy for them because that could be you next week? <laughs> oh, 80 songs said, I always feel like, come on, Brother Payne, somebody's watching me. I pray we can come into churches people are not watching us and if they are watching they're watching us because they want to pray for us because they want to help us not because they want to accuse or break somebody down or tell them how bad they are or get on them for what they have on but they just want to tell them Jesus loves you I know what you're going through because not so long ago that was me. Let's, let's be reminded, church, sometimes we can see people and we never know who comes in our churches. We can see them in all sorts of predicaments. If it was not, if it had not been for the grace of God on your side, that could be you still. Amen. I thought about this text and I applied it to my life and I began to think about my life in and growing up in the church, some of you younger kids and some of you have grown up in this church, you know what it's like to grow up in church. You're at the church almost all every day of the week. Revivals, prayer meetings, morning church, evening church. Our kids, they would, I could hear them when they were listening. We going again? 
We would go to the afternoon meetings, and sometimes we'd have what we'd call a, a, a third watch, and there'd be a third service, bless their hearts. And I grew up on pews. I grew up counting tiles in the church ceiling. I, I grew up counting the beams across the churches and knowing who sister so-and-so was and who this one was. And, who, oh, she just said amen. I know her voice, and I grew up in the church. But one evening... One evening, I heard something different in a service in a little country church out beyond Jackson. I was there, and the Holy Spirit came in. Amen. And I remember raising up off the seat because it was the third service. I'd been there all day long. And I remember hearing, hearing something different of what the Lord was doing in that church. And even though that evening I was just watching, the Lord impressed on my heart that there's something more than just watching, Christian. You've got to know me for yourself. You've got to know me in the free pardon of your sins. And I'm here to tell you right now, now I do. Now I know him. I know him in the free pardon of my sins. But get this, there is another category, and then we'll be done. Look at this. There's not only the withered folks. There's not only those that watch sometimes, but there are also those who are whole. Anybody in here whole tonight? You know the Lord has made you whole. You've stretched out what you have before him, and he has touched you. Amen. Just this withered man with the withered hand, a simple gesture of just opening his hand, extending his arm in faith. If you've heard this before, then, then say amen. He, he, he told people in the Bible, take up your bed and walk. It, took with some, it, it started with somebody getting up off the bed and then picking it up and folding it up and then beginning to walk. They had not been able to do that. Just a simple gesture of doing what the Lord said to do. Amen. The same hour they are made whole. They touch the man who had the, the, the crippled, the, the ankle bones that were not straight. And the Bible says that he went leaping and praising God. Amen. Touch the blind man. You know what John 9 says. And he says, now, sinner or, or no, I don't know which one he is, but here's what I do know. Whereas I was blind, but now I see. All throughout the Bible, we see the Lord turns withered folks and watchers into whole people. Why? Why? Because there's one more category. There's not only withered people in this church and watchers and those whom the Lord has touched, but there's one category that's occupied by just one person. I think that's why you're here tonight. That, that, that category is simply one that is called worthy. Jesus, hallelujah, he is the only worthy one. He is the only worthy Christ. How, how do you know he is worthy? Because I've already said it. He is the only one that can take those who are withered, those who have spiritual deformities, and make them whole. He's the only one that can take you from just watching service to participating in service. He's the only one that can save you from your sins. He's not only a man, but he is the Son of God. Moses knew him as the great I am. 
David knew him as the one that says, who am I that he would be mindful of me? Isaiah knew him as high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Ezekiel called him a wheel in the middle of the wheel. The Lord God himself spoke of his son and says, here is my son and his baptism. Hear ye him in whom I am well pleased. When he was transfigured, praise the name of the Lord, God spoke again and said, listen only to him. And then even the book of Revelation says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Heaven and earth are filled with his glory. Praise God. So as I close, I want to ask you, because since this is revival and people need revive, here's the question at hand. Which category are you in tonight? Which category are you in? Are you, did you come with a little withered uh, a portion in your life tonight? Did you come with some things that are hanging on you? And I would be, I would be remiss if I didn't say it this way. We don't always come to church 100%. Life beats us down and we have problems and issues. Come on, we got issues sometimes. But you're in the right place at the right time because I fully believe that there is one here tonight. He is worthy. He is worthy. His name is Jesus. Which category are you in? Because Jesus is the only one that can shift you to the right category. Whole. Whole. He can make you whole. You can't go from withered and watcher to whole without a worthy Savior. Amen. Whatever your condition is tonight, the Lord can touch it. He can work on you. He is a heart fixer. He is a mind regulator. As I thought about this text, I thought about a song that simply says, shackled by a heavy burden. Neath the load of guilt and shame. Then the hand of Jesus touched me. Now I am no longer the same. He touched me. He touched me. And oh, what joy flood my soul. Something happened. And now I know he touched me. And he made me whole. Since I met this blessed Savior, since he cleansed and he made me whole, I will never cease to praise him. I'll praise him while, how long, Christian? While eternity rolls. Why? Because he touched me. He touched me. He touched me. And oh, what joy floods my soul. Something, hallelujah, something happened and, and now I know he touched me and he made me whole. I, I'm not talking about my physical infirmities. I'm talking about the day that I had a blackened sin-sick soul. And I heard the message of the cross. Somebody preached it to me in the church where I get to pastor now and the message was very simple. Jesus, Jesus the Christ, Jesus suffered, he bled, and he died for a wretched sinner such as I am. Amen. He, he bled, and he died on the cross of Calvary. And I praise the name of the Lord that he did that just for me. Can you say he did it for you tonight? 
Are you sure and you know that he did it for you? Have you surrendered your life to him? Because Jesus was stretched wide and they hung him high and his blood ran out of him. His blood covered a multitude of sins. Praise the name of the Lord. Your sins and my sins were covered by the blood of the Lamb. Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. My sins were many. How about you? My sins were many. How about you? Come on, church. My sins were full and filled up, but he washed me by his precious blood. My Jesus, when he got good and ready, he died dead. And they took his lifeless body down and placed it in a borrowed tomb. Why do you call it borrowed, Pastor Scott? Because he was not planning on staying there long. He got up. How many of you know that this evening? He got up with all power. Holy Ghost power. He got up with all power. All power is given to him in heaven and in earth. He has the power tonight, church, to change you from withered to whole. He has the power tonight, church, to change you from just a watcher, one that doesn't participate, one that just sits back and watches everybody else get blessed. He has the power to change you from watcher to whole. But here's the good news. He got up early on that third day morning. He got up with all power in his hands. Saving power, saving power, the power to save you from your sins. And it does not stop there. One of these days, he's coming back. He's going to stand in the clouds and he's going to call his church to himself. Will you be one of the whole ones that meet him in the clouds? And the scripture says, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Praise God. The people at church, which category are you in? If you're going to have revival, you got to realize which category you're in. Because right now, he can change your, he can shift your category right now. You can't say I'm whole and I know even though I'm not perfect, I know the Lord has saved me from my sins. That's what, that's what classifies you as whole, complete in Jesus. Amen. When the Lord God looks at me, he don't see me because he knows I can be a mess. He knows I'm a mess, but he sees me through the blood of his son. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord. And just because Jesus did what he did, the Lord forgave me of all my sin. Are you forgiven tonight? Are you whole tonight? Are you walking in the newness of life tonight? If not, why not? Tonight is the night to give your life to the Lord, to surrender those things that have kept you in the wrong category. Jesus is in the house. That's your, that's your text, isn't that your theme? Jesus is in the house. And he can change your life, not tomorrow, but right now. Amen. God, we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory in this place. And we thank you, Lord, that you are able to shift us from category to category. We thank you for your saving grace and mercy. Bless now these people who have heard the message and let it find a lodging place in their hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the Addison Free Will Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. You can find more information and explore our outreach ministries on our website at addison.com 
fwbchurch.org. Thank you for listening.